The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Business is changing, and new marketing avenues are opening up every day. WebmasterRadio.fm presents a show that brings you the innovators and trendsetters, taking us to a new age of marketing, media, and social business strategy. Welcome to Market Edge with Glenn Engler. Get ready to hear perspectives on social media and digital marketing that will help you gain insight into the unique opportunities and challenges facing marketers and thought leaders today. Now, now, please welcome your host, a Fortune 500 industry figure in the marketing and communications world for more than 25 years and chief executive officer of Digital Influence Group, the host of Market Edge, Glenn Engler. Hi, and welcome to Market Edge. I'm your host, Glenn Engler, CEO of Digital Influence Group, a full-service digital marketing agency that helps companies unlock the social potential of their brands and amplify its impact to drive business results. Today, I'll be talking about content rules and strategies with Ann Handley, Chief Content Officer at Marketing Profs, an online community for marketers that provides quick, smart, and actionable marketing know-how that helps business professionals worldwide market their products and services better. And as a 13-year veteran of creating and managing digital content to build relationships for organizations and individuals, and the co-author of Content Rules, How to Create Killer Blogs, Podcasts, Videos, eBooks, Webinars, and more that engage customers and ignite your business, and has a passion for building community, particularly in using new media tools to broaden and build value. Previously, Anne was the co-founder of ClickZ.com, one of the first sources of interactive marketing news and commentary. Prior to that, she spent 12 years as a business editor and writer for both local and national trade and consumer publications, including the Boston Globe. You can connect with Anne on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash marketing profs. It's great to have you on Market Edge, Anne. Welcome. Thanks, Glenn. I'm thrilled to be here. Okay, so for starters, tell us a little bit about Marketing Profs and what you guys offer to marketers. Sure. Um, I guess the simplest way to describe Marketing Profs is that we are a site that offers a solution to any marketing problem you might have. Um, and we deliver those solutions through a host of uh, webinars and articles and blog posts and podcasts and so on. Um, we also have a training program. So if you have a marketing problem, we probably have the solution to it. And last I saw, there were well over 300,000 members in the community, and I'm sure those numbers are out of date. How do you guys think <laughs> of membership and, and uh, engagement? Yeah, we, um, yeah, we're actually up to over 423,000 right now. Wow. Um, so it's a, it's a huge community. I, I think it probably makes us the largest community of marketers um, in the world, probably in the galaxy even. So uh, it's a huge, huge number of people who really rely on us for all kinds of information about their marketing. So inquiring minds want to know, which is what does a chief content officer do at Marketing Profs? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, as a chief content officer, it essentially means that I'm responsible for all the content that we're producing here at Marketing Profs. 
Um, on a day-to-day -day basis, that means that I'm managing the content that we produce. Um, or actually, more specifically, I probably manage the people who manage the content that we produce. <laughs> um, but I also do a lot of, of listening. So I do a lot of managing, but a lot of listening on social channels. Um, I call it social prospecting, finding out what people are talking about, what marketers care mm -hmm. about these days, what their pain points are. Um, and I also, you know, I, I read my email. I get a ton of email every day. I get lots of pitches from people. Um, and I don't say that lightly. I mean, I get a lot of intelligence out of my email and a lot of intelligence out of social channels. But essentially, any of the content that you see on marketing process, you know, is, is under me, has gone through me in some way or another. Okay. So um, if you can talk a little bit about the experience that you were writing for. Um, with other industry outlets like on Huffington Post or Mashable, um, how do you, how does that help shape the content strategy for marketing profs? Yeah, that's a great question. Actually, uh, I do do a lot of outside writing. I'm also a monthly columnist for Entrepreneur Magazine, uh, a magazine that's really focused on mm -hmm. the needs of small business owners and not necessarily marketers per se. Um, and I think what that does for me, and the reason why I do that outside writing as well, is because it allows me to kind of get out of this social media bubble, you know, to get out of the, the marketing, uh, social media marketing bubble and allow me to really see what I'm doing out there, what other businesses are doing. If I only, you know, looked at what marketing process is doing and, and our closest competitors, I think you get kind of a skewed view of what's really going on in the business world these days. So I like to write for places like Entrepreneur and I like to read the content that they produce. Um, even Amex Open Forum is a great source. Mm -hmm just to get a sense of, you know, what are people really struggling with? Um, and what I find is that, you know, you know, we get caught up in this social media bubble. We get all head up on Pinterest, for example, when the reality is that, you know, there's a lot of businesses out there that are still trying to figure out their blogging strategy. Hmm. So it gives me a, a deeper and a broader perspective. Is there, from a strategic standpoint, is there something specific that you guys see marketing profs really Distinguish, distinguishing yourself from some of the other sites or content um, uh, communities that are out there? Yeah. I mean, our biggest thing is that we're very how-to focused. So all of our content is designed to help marketers or help businesses really more broadly through a problem. So you know, we don't cover news. Um, you, you wouldn't come here to, to read the day's headlines. There are plenty of sites that, that do that better than we do. But what we do is, is – Pick the stories that matter, you know, pick the challenges that matter, and then show you how to work through it. Um, so in that way, we sort of position ourselves as, you know, a marketer's secret weapon. And that mm -hmm. means, you know, if you can't figure out what you should be doing um, with your blogging strategy, then, you know, you can come to Marketing Pros. We have tons of resources for you to figure that out. But it also means, you know, I don't know how to set up an email program or I'm not getting the kind of lift in my, you know, how do I increase the lift of my email campaign or something like that. Um, and that's a, that's a solution. That's a question you can get answered at Marketing Prof. So we're very how-to focused. And you, you have a really interesting mix of types of content. Um, yeah. Talk a little bit about blog posts versus webinars versus podcasts versus uh, other aspects and how you guys think about that. Yeah, well, one of the things that we've realized, I mean, we've been publishing for uh, 12 years now, and one of the things that we realize is that people really do learn differently. Um, I might really like reading something because I'm more text-focused. I'm, I'm a writer, and so I, I sort of gravitate that way. But somebody else is more webinar. You know, they, they learn better when they're being taught, you know, in, a, in an audio format or a, um, a video format. So we try to create content that meets various learning styles. 
and also meets various formats. So some people really like long-form reports. They really like to dig mm-hmm. into the meat of something. Other people like, you know, short, quick bursts. Um, and so our content is really designed to, to meet the learning styles of our audience, which, as I said, you know, <laughs> when you've got 400,000 people, you really have to think through, you know, it's everybody isn't going to um, read a 30-page report. Some people really like that. Other people don't. You have a really neat way of tapping into industry influencers and brand marketers to participate with the content creation as well. How do you think of that influence effect, if you will, or that um, tapping into those uh, outside experts? Yeah. I mean, I have very few skills, but actually one of them is that I know it when someone's smarter than I am. So <laughs> I just I look for the people who are smarter than I am, and I, I, I get them to contribute content to marketing pros. Um, I mean, I'm kind of kidding about that, but in, only in the sense that you know I, I do probably have more skills than I'm giving myself credit for. But ultimately, you know, I think that part of my job, I mentioned the social listening and the, and the social prospecting and, you know, coming through email and so on. Um, but part of that is identifying people who really have something to say to our audience. So one of the things that's really interesting to me about Marketing Profs is that you guys tap into industry influencers and brand marketers to also contribute content to the community. How do you think about that from a strategic standpoint? Yeah, um, industry contributors are a huge part of, of what we're producing here. As, as you know, you've, you've written for us, you've spoken for us. Um, what do I, one of the things that I, I, I do as a really significant part of my job is to try to identify those people who I think have something to say, can teach our audience something, and, um, and can do so in a compelling way, either through their writing or their speaking. So when I mentioned social prospecting earlier, that's really what I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, identifying issues and then finding people who have something to say about it. I really like identifying rising stars, as I call them, not necessarily the established names that everybody knows. I mean, certainly we do have those people who speak for us on occasion. Um, We've had Seth Godin. We've had Guy Kawasaki. I both respect them quite a bit. Um, But at the same time, you know, I like to find people who have a different point of view, who have a... um, a uh, point of view that doesn't necessarily get the airtime that I think it deserves. So that influencer, you know, finding people who have something to say is, is a really important part of our strategy. So two of my favorite people, you being one of them, teamed up mm-hmm. to write content rules and, um, between you and CC. Um, it's a fantastic book, and it really informs organizations about how to create content to effectively attract customers. Will you talk a little bit about some of the key themes in the book and what sparked you guys to write it? And um, it's it's just it's been taking off, which is fantastic. Sure. Yeah. Well, first, thank you. I really appreciate that. Um, and for the record, you know, you're one of my favorite people along with CC too. So I'm what a love fest on this podcast. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> love it. <laughs> um, yeah, CC's been a great partner for the book, and it has been doing tremendously well. Uh, we, I actually just yesterday got the fresh off the press paper book copy of it. So that's the first time I've seen it. That was really exciting. I don't even know if it's on Amazon yet, actually. But um, so it cool. just came out. Yeah, it was great. And it actually has illustrations in it this time, all of the so-called content rules, and there are 11 of them have an illustration to accompany it, um, and it looks fantastic. Our, our friend uh, Sean Tubridi did it. He's out in Minneapolis. And uh, so, you know, even, it's now appropriate even for people who prefer pictures in their books is the way that I'm doing <laughs> it. <laughs> so there you go. Um, but no, the, the impetus for writing this book is that I've been producing content to meet the needs of audiences for a really long time, right, at, at clicksy.com initially and now at Marketing Profs. And as marketers, as businesses, have been charged with that same 
um, idea, I really wanted to create something, you know, write a book that would put my own thoughts out there, our own thoughts out there about how to do that effectively. You know, how do you grow an audience? That's a new skill set for a lot of businesses. They don't necessarily think of themselves as content creators, although I think more recently they've been embracing that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, a couple of years ago, that was a really nascent notion. So I wanted to create something that would really act as a, a handbook for them, a field guide. Again, you know, my focus is how-to at Marketing Profs, and it's how-to in the book. Mm. I didn't want to write a book that was, you know, all theory. It's a really practical book, and, um, and from what I've heard from people who have read it, that's how they interpret it. I mean, they're actually, it allows them to do stuff, not just think about things. Can you pick one of the 11 and, and expand on it a little bit for the listeners, if you'd be so kind? Yeah, um, Probably my favorite is to share or solve and not chill. And what that means is essentially, you know, create content that uh, solves problems for your customers or shares resources that are useful to them and doesn't just shill your own products or services. And the reason why I like that is because I think it's the most fundamental rule of all of the content rules that, mm. that we included in the book. Um, and, I mean, it's, it sounds so simple you know, when I say it that way, but in reality, I think it's really hard to do because as businesses, you know, you want to talk about what you do and, and all the amazing things that you produce or, you know, what, whatever your products are, that's your bias. You're excited about that, but that's not what your customers want to hear, right? I mean, yeah. you know this too, Glenn. It's like you want to, your customers want to hear what your products or services will do for them. And that's kind of a marketing 101, but it's, I think it's a really hard thing for businesses to really practice in their content on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. One of my favorites, which I um, absolutely give you guys credit for and absolutely use all the time, is the recycle, um, re- reimagine, not recycle, yeah, uh, the yeah. content, which is great because so many brands think about, oh, I've got a TV spot, let me slap it onto Facebook, or, oh, I've got this white paper, let me distribute it everywhere. And the reimagining just takes the core essence but really thinks about, to your point, who are the customers, what, how are they consuming the information, where is it getting consumed, and how do you add value to the the different conversations that are going on. It's, there's, yeah. it's great. Yeah, thank you. I mean, that's probably my second favorite. Um, and, and the reason why I like that, as you said, is for all the reasons you just said, but also because it allows you to really be efficient in how you're producing content. I think it actually takes some pressure off. When you think about getting every last bit of goodness out of that content asset, it's a lot easier to create content to begin with if you think about reimagining it right from the beginning. So I talk to a lot of people who are like, oh, we have this awesome webinar series, but that's all we're doing. And so I like this, you know, the, the immediate answer there is to say, well, are you actually, you know, taking the Q&A and, and maybe reimagining that as, um, as a blog post or a series of articles, you know? I think it's, it's really about how do you, how do you figure out um, how to use a content asset in various ways. So, I mean, you could take this podcast and produce a, a blog post out of it. I'm sure you will. But you could also publish the transcript. You could maybe take a, a bunch of different podcasts that you've done with a similar theme and create a short ebook around it. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can do if you think reimagining and not just reposting or recycling. Right. Right, and completely liberating on the, the challenge of we don't have enough content, we don't have enough people, we don't have enough time, and what you just walked through with that one thing is here's five, six, seven different ways to cut, splice, distribute, activate differently the exact same piece of content. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Really great. Yeah, absolutely. 
So I have a bunch of other questions, but right now we're going to take a very quick commercial break. Please stand by, and we'll be right back with Ann Handley and more of the conversation. Market Edge will return in just a moment. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brad Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Johnson, Be what's smart. this Mantis Go I keep hearing about? Do we need to now. call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons, it even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm, sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. The Web Marketing Association is now accepting entries into the 16th Annual International Web Award Competition. Independent judges from around the world recognize the best websites from nearly 100 industries. Web Awards winners receive an image plaque, certificate of achievement, higher visibility for your company, valuable feedback from our expert judges, and links to your site from the highly ranked Web Awards site. You can't win if you don't enter. Sign up now at www.webaward.org. Start your search engine and put your servers into overdrive. It's webmasterradio.fm steering you into the winner's circle. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. We're back with more Market Edge, bringing you the best and brightest voices in digital marketing, only on webmasterradio.fm. Once again, here's Glenn Engler. Welcome back to Market Edge. This is your host, Glenn Engler, and I'm here today with Ann Handley, Chief Content Officer at Marketing Profs and co-author of Content Rules, talking about content and strategies. So... We talked a lot about content and some of the key themes in the in the book that you touched on. Um, you guys also are heavily involved, as you said, with the social prospecting. But talk, if you will, a little bit about how mobile is impacting the way that you think about content. Yeah, I mean, mobile is is huge, really, to me, from from a couple of different perspectives. First, I'm, I mean, with the rise of smartphones, you know, and I mean, I, I can't quote a stat off the top of my head here, but, you know, pretty much there's going to be like a, a gazillion smartphones in the next two years, something like that. That's, that's pretty much you can quote that, I guess. So, so, you know, everybody has a smartphone. That means you really need to think through how is my 
site first, my website. How is my content appearing on you know on mobile platforms and tablet platforms? So those things are huge in, in terms of how we think about distributing our content and and, um, and how we think about marketing profits, you know, distributing our content. But secondarily too, it's it's uh, thinking about the different mobile social platforms that have come up. You know, things like uh, Instagram, for example. You know, as you know, I'm a huge fan of Instagram. Yes. In part because I think it's a really interesting way for brands to tell their story, you know, to create content in a different way with that with that visual component, you know, front and center. So it's not only about making sure that your content and your site is mobile friendly, but it's also about embracing these mobile platforms, you know, these mobile tools and figuring out how they can work for your business. So um, two questions. First of all, yes, you're absolutely an avid Instagram user. Talk a little more about um, what is it about Instagram that makes you love it the way you do? Yeah, as I said, I, I love the way that it makes you think through um, what your visual components are to your own brand or to your own business. And I, I think it's easy for you know a company like Marketing Profs or any B two B company to say, well, we're not a visual brand. You know, we we sell um, a service. You know, we're a service company. We don't even sell anything tangible. So how do we tell our story in in a, in a visual way? Um, and I I think that if you look at what brands are doing on there, there actually is a really compelling way to tell your story visually. So some of the things that we do even at Marketing Profs is to give a sense of you know the people behind the brand. You know, we're very yeah. focused on community and part of that is is showing who we are as people. So, you know, putting out um putting out uh, uh pictures of, you know, people who work here doing their jobs in an interesting way behind the scenes on a webinar, for example. I think that stuff is really cool. I think people like to see that, you know, sort of see how the sausage is made at marketing process. I think is kind of a a fun a fun way to do it. Um especially as a virtual company, we don't necessarily have an office, we don't have people coming in. So I think there are ways to, that, that even B2B companies can embrace the visual aspects of that. Um, the other thing I really like about Instagram is I think it kind of trains your brain to see content moments everywhere. You know, to, to look at, um, you know, not just something beautiful like a sunset, but, you know, to, to really think about anything that you're experiencing in your day-to-day life. You know, meeting a client at a coffee shop. Um, you know, walking through the park, seeing those content moments and, and kind of running them through that business filter. Mm. Um, it, it's a really, I think it's a really great way to think about creating content, again, that solves and shares and doesn't shill. You know, really allows you to figure out the visual, the visual how-to of, of telling your story. I love that phrase, see content moments everywhere. And I'm clearly going to quote the statistics of a gazillion smartphone. There's no question. That you heard it here. It's analytically correct and sound. Um, I, maybe concluding it. It could be kajillion. I'm not sure. So. <laughs> kajillion. There's an, there's an I on at the end. Um, <laughs> a, so I'm certain if people are asking how-to questions that you probably are forced to get into the whole digital technology and tool area as well. They start to bleed together, as you mentioned, on Instagram. Mm -hmm. um, first of all, is that correct? And second, how do you guys handle it as a, as a, a content community? Yeah. Um, you mean, mean publishing on, on digital platforms yeah, and so on? Yeah, or, or how do you guys stay up to speed on it, and where do you draw the line of your expertise? And um, you know, I'm sure you're asked a lot of questions about what should we do about X versus Y. Yeah. Um, how, do you, how do you connect the dots? Yeah, um, I, I mean, I'm a big fan of 
experimentation. So experimenting with anything out there that you think is at all remotely interesting to you and, and think about what the business application can be. But that said, I'm also a big fan of editing. So only really using mm. what it is that you know, is going to drive business to you or tell your story in, in a way. So in other words, has those brand components, um, but also that, that you really care about. You know, you know I, I think that sometimes when we think through, you know, what social uh, tools do we use, what digital technologies should we, should we embrace and so on, we forget that, you know, we're the, we're the individuals that have to use these tools. And so the idea that, you know, everybody has to be on Twitter or everybody has to be on Facebook or LinkedIn or, you know, focus questions or anything like that, I mean, ultimately – if you're not passionate about it as either a business owner or, you know, a brand steward or, or um, whatever your, your job is, then I don't think you should be there. So, or at least, you know, if, if you feel like you really need to be there, then find somebody who is passionate about it. But I think that passion piece is, uh, is a really key thing for a lot of brands. Um, you know, I, I don't particularly like Facebook all that much, for example, so I don't touch the Marketing Profs Facebook page. It's just my own my own bias, you know. I'm I like Instagram. There are other tools that I like a whole lot more. Um, I like Pinterest, you know. I I, I like um, LinkedIn. I love Twitter. So there are other tools that I'm I'm good at. Mm-hmm. But someone else at Marketing Pros handles our Facebook page because that's not something that I'm particularly passionate about. Right. So in terms of brands, you know, how do you make those decisions? I think you know, really thinking through that passion piece is a really interesting way to to. Um, it's, it's something, I guess, that I don't see brands doing very often. Right. It's a very rational decision. Yeah. Um, really interesting. Um, so the fact that you uh, were co-founder of ClickZ, you're deeply involved mm-hmm. in marketing profs, you write for Entrepreneur um, Magazine, is there, is, is there stuff that you've learned now or are doing now that if you looked back on the early years of ClickZ, you would have done differently? Yeah, that's a great question too. That's interesting. Um, you know, at the time that we founded Clixie, we founded that website in 1997, and at the at the time, and that's that is so long ago, huh? Wow. I know it's crazy. Uh, <laughs> um, I have a 15 year old daughter who was born that year, so I, that's how I, I measure how old, you know, how how long I have been in this business. I just look at her over at the dinner table. And I re- I remember. Um, but, you know, when we founded ClickSee, the idea of marketing on the Internet, of Internet marketing, was such a, such a nascent idea. You know, people just weren't thinking in those terms. The, the Internet was brand new. Um, the websites that were up were pretty much just, you know, brochureware websites or they were, you know, angelfire.com slash, you know, you know right. something, right. a GeoCity site. And that was what – that was the, the market that we were publishing in. So the idea that there was even a website that existed that helped businesses walk through some of those issues, you know, to have your own website, to think through banner ads, because that was, uh, that was a brand new thing too, um, to, uh, and, and then, you know, within a year or two to think through your email marketing, how to right. create an email, you know, how to deploy an email. That's the kind of stuff we're talking about. So I don't know that I would do it any differently now. Um, a lot of the what I'm doing now at, at Marketing Profs actually had its had its seeds at Click Z in the sense that, you know, using influencers to produce content, finding people who had a story to tell or, or a perspective that I was interested in, all that stuff we were doing at Click Z. We used to call it Queen for the Day. You know, who is gonna be yeah. our, our main contributor today? Because right. that's what we had. We had one article that ran every single business day. 
Um, so I don't know that I would do it differently. One thing that I would, would absolutely have done differently is not to name it Click Z. <laughs> and <laughs> the reason why is because a lot of well, – you said it correctly, so I appreciate that. But a lot of times when people are introducing me, they say she was the co-founder of Clicks, And that drives yeah. me that drives me crazy. Um, you know, the, the Z is capital people, okay? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so it's such a dumb thing, but it sort of drives me nuts when I hear it. So that's one thing I would definitely do differently. It's really, really funny. <laughs> um, so last couple of questions. If you think about how people are consuming contents, content from the uh, whether they're in business to business or business to consumer, are you seeing trends or themes that start to push at what, um, you know, sharing tools coming around the corner or platforms that you see that are potential to really take off in terms of either creating or sharing content? Yeah, that's great. A um, couple of things. Um, one thing is I'm seeing more social elements being incorporated into established platforms. So, for example, I think we've all had this experience of being on a webinar where you feel like you're the only one in the room aside from the speaker. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you know, yep, where completely. Like, yeah, you're you're in the room, you're listening to. I mean, whatever. Sometimes it's a really great it's a really great seminar, but you don't get the social interaction. You don't get the sense that there are other people in there with you. Um, at Marketing Profs, we use the Adobe Connect platform, which mm -hmm. does allow you to see the other people who are in the room with you. But it's you know just a it's a text chat essentially on the left hand side. So what I'm seeing recently is more social elements being incorporated into um, various you know online training online online right. tools. So like the Focus platform is a really great example of that, where there's a, a discussion going on, but there's also a, a social component. And if you've ever gone to a like a, a Focus seminar or a Focus chat, yep. you see what I'm talking about. Um, so I think that's the kind of thing that I think we're going to see more of and, and something that I'm really excited about. Um, Marketing Profs is actually going to next month launch what we're calling – well, it's still in development, but it's something like a, a Thought Leader Summit kind of thing, although I really want to call it a Thought Leader Smackdown because I feel like <laughs> I want to get a little debate going in those Right, in way those more positions. fun. Yeah, a lot more fun, a lot more fun to listen to. Um, and that's something that we'll, that we'll be looking to have. It will be an audio, you know, it will be audio content, but at the same time we'll have some social elements interesting. kind of baked into it. So that's the kind of thing that I, I think is, is really interesting, and, and I'm, I'm really excited to see where that goes. Um, and the other thing, just from a, a social user perspective, is, is that I think we're seeing um, almost an anti-Facebook thing going on in the sense of, not in the sense of uh, hating on Facebook by any means, but what I mean is um, tools like Path. You know, I don't know if you're on Path, yep. but it's yeah. it, you know, it's it's kind of like a like the opposite of a Facebook, right? In Facebook, you can have thousands of friends, and a lot of people do. On Path, you're limited to 150 friends. Yeah, so it, it requires you to curate your you know social connections very very tightly, and I like that a lot because it's to me. Tools like like Path and Pair actually Pair is another one where it's it's actually a social network for two. You know, you yeah. and your partner. <laughs> so those are tools that that only exist because Facebook is so huge and so overwhelming, and people have so many connections there that they feel a need to you know get a little bit more personal, a little bit more intimate. So um, really interesting. Yeah, that's that's just a, a component that I think is is interesting, and I think we're going to see that develop over time. And by the way, back to the SmackDown, I could completely see you emceeing that and having an absolute <laughs> ball with the old Saturday Night Live point-counterpoint and yes. just facilitating. Oh, that could be great. 
Yeah, um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, actually. Absolutely. A lot more fun than just simply a, a, a leadership summit. I'm with you on that. All right, yeah. so as we come to the end, one of the things I like to do on this show is do a real quick speed round where I toss out just a couple of technologies or platforms or something, and it gets like the really quick word or phrase that comes to your mind to define it. Mm -hmm. There's no right or wrong answer. We just go deep into the side, the, the mind of Anne Hanley. Um, so, um, no, it'll, it'll be good. So <laughs> let's start with daily deals, like a Groupon or a Living Social. Overdone. <laughs> Say one more piece of why. Really, it's just there's too many of them, and I, I feel like that it's, it's overwhelming, and there's just too many. Groupon used to be yeah. really interesting to me. Now, you know, I can go to Groupon on any day, and there's 300 offers there, way too much. Yeah. Okay. How about, you mentioned this earlier, but Pinterest. I love Pinterest. I, oh, sorry, was this supposed to be one word, or does it matter? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Pinterest. Check, like. How's that? No. Um, I like Pinterest a lot for a lot of the reasons that I like Instagram because it allows you to tell your story visually and create boards and it has a great social connection. It's actually driving a fair amount of traffic to marketing products yep. as well. Interesting. So, you know, it has that as well, which obviously Instagram lacks um, as, a, as a lead gen or at least as a, as a tool to drive traffic. Interesting. All right, last one for fun, QR codes. <laughs> QR codes. I actually just wrote an article about this for Entrepreneur. I feel like QR codes could be a really, really great thing. But unfortunately, yep. they're often so badly abused or misused that they're useless. Um, so I wrote about them, I want to say it was like two months ago. I gave an example of a pizza company that had a QR code on their box. And when I, when I uh, scanned it, it brought me on my iPhone, mind you, to this web page, which was not mobile enabled, which required me <laughs> The or allowed me the opportunity to sign up for special offers, and there were 15 fields that I had to fill out on my iPhone. That's crazy. Perfect. Crazy. That's great. That's great. I was uh, in New York City. There was a huge QR code on the second story of a bank, and I was trying to figure out how that one would work as well <laughs> in the window. But anyway, well, I want to thank you, Anne, for being my guest today, and thanks everyone in the audience for listening to today's conversation. If you have any questions or would like to talk further about the topic of today's show, please feel free to connect with me on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash glennangler or on my blog at www.glennangler.com. Visit www.webmasterradiofm at 12 noon Eastern Time on Tuesdays to tune in to new episodes of Market Edge. For Market Edge, this is Glenn Engler. Until next time, I'm out. 